Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, we recognized and celebrated the work of God among us through our school teachers and administration. The next few Sundays, we're going to be highlighting different ministries here at St. John's, commissioning and celebrating those who serve in those ministries. And if you haven't guessed already, and you didn't want to read the first page of the bulletin, today we highlight our worship and music ministries. We celebrate and give thanks for those who make our worship happen each week. The members of our Sunday morning team, whether you are an elder, a greeter, hospitality with the coffee and the donuts, communion assistants, the audiovisual team, our choir, handbells, you name it. So many hands, so many different gifts put to use so that the body of Christ can worship joyfully and faithfully and with the trumpets very, very loudly. <laughs> For there is great joy in coming to worship here as we gather together to worship and serve. I think back to when I was a boy, I used to sit right back there next to the beavers. I see some of the same ushers and greeters that were here when I was just a child. And I see many of the same faces, only now I see the front of them instead of the backs of the heads. <laughs> As we were preparing for today, I was thinking about those who have gone before us and give thanks to God for them who served, greeted us by the door, and showed and gave to us what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And as I was at the Kinship Caregiver's Day Off yesterday, this car cruised up and I was like, oh, reptile guy is here. So I went to run and I was like, reptile guy? And he's like, no. But he was just a guy who was visiting. He had moved from Italy, but he went to school and church here. And he's like, I just came by to see it. I don't have much time, but I wanted to see it one more time because there is a legacy here at St. John's, part of something. And he told me not to forget that. And today I see many other faces, many other faces that are just one step away from joining us in that tradition and legacy of serving here in some way, shape, or form on Sunday mornings. And I would invite you to consider that and then to come participate and serve alongside with us because there really is no better place to be than right here as we worship and serve our Lord. Now get your Bibles out. Open up your bulletins. You can use the words on the string because on this Music Ministry Sunday, we are doing double the text. That's right, friends. We're doing the Ephesians and the Magnificat, which is that part from Luke 1. But first, let's go to our Ephesians text that directs us to this way of a life that is centered in Christ and expressed, as you can see there, in worship, beginning with being filled by the Spirit. Here's the text. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now this text concludes a section in which the Apostle Paul lays out that these days are evil and in maturity we are supposed to pursue the things of God, not the things of this world that lead to death. He ends this section, actually, the instead be filled here, actually starts with do not be drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery, instead be filled with the Spirit. See, Paul contrasts the effects of the Holy Spirit with the state of drunkenness. Alcohol is a depressant. It loosens people because it depresses their self-control, their wisdom, their balance, and judgment. But the Holy Spirit 
has exactly the opposite effect. It is a stimulant. It moves every aspect of our being to be better and more perfect performance. Friends, we have been called and given the Holy Spirit. We know and believe that God is present with us, making us personal participants in His work, empowering us to be present in all the work that He does, opening our eyes so that we can see clearly God's work that is constantly among us. As Jesus said, my Father is working to this very day, so too shall I, and so too shall we. Because on account of Christ and through the Spirit, Everything in Scripture is livable. The promises, the truth, the forgiveness, the hope, the gifts given. But not in this sense that we somehow have a product that we can get and then use as we like. Or a skill that we can do whatever we want with. Rather, we are filled by the Spirit to be made new. Full participants living and proclaiming the restorative hope of Jesus to all people. This spirit-filled life is done in our homes, our neighborhoods, our workplaces, and is done here in our church. God uses each one of us just as we are to serve, to praise, to help, to heal, to care, to love. And I love that Paul describes how to live filled with the spirit in a way that mirrors worship. Now, if Mr. Hector would throw that verse up on the screen again there, you will see that this variety suggests that God delights in this creative, spontaneous worship. Is it psalms? Is it hymns? Is it songs? Is it singing? Is it making music? What is it? It's amazing. But before you go out there thinking that this life is going to be some sort of glee club musical and you're in West Side Story snapping your finger with the jets, don't freak out. If you can't sing like me, remember when they left my mic on? That guy's fired. Remember when they left that mic on? I mean, sorry, he doesn't volunteer here anymore. People logged off. Schultes, you saw it. It said, like, you have 200 current viewers. You have 32 current viewers. But for those of us who can't sing that beautiful melody, that spontaneous spirit living starts in our hearts. And it's in our hearts that we're filled with thanksgiving suddenly with hearts that are filled by the Spirit and joy. We are expecting the good. We are encouraging others. Life is full. Not negative because this idea of a complaining heart and the Holy Spirit just don't go together. But a heart that has been filled by the Spirit lives in humility and gratefulness. It's a heart that looks for what we can give and what we can do rather than what we can take. Filled with the Spirit, we are to approach life the same way we worship. And when we worship, we come in awe and wonder and humility. We don't come to worship saying, what am I going to get out of worship today? But rather, we humble ourselves. We step into a place that has been consecrated for worship to God, designed to immerse us in the world of God's revelation by what we hear, and by what we see in the word and sacrament, by what we see in these windows around us. These are the stories of Jesus' lives. 
These pyramids speak witness to who our God is, the triune God of life. Think about the order of worship and what we do. We step in and we call on the name of God when we enter. We do not call on our own name. We come in and we confess our brokenness and cry out for what we cannot earn. We give praise not to ourselves, but to God in song. We read and hear of His work and His deeds, not ours. We come and surrender to the idea that we can somehow form ourselves for the better and instead ask the Spirit to form us by His Word. We forget about ourselves and we join our hearts as one as we go into prayer for other people and for our community. And then we close worship with the Lord's blessing. Not with the praise of what we've done or looking around for approval from others. It is in the act of worship that we deliberately remove ourselves from a workaday world of assignments and to-dos, responsibilities and busyness. And we take up the posture of not doing sitting, folding our hands in prayer, when we take communion passively, holding out our hands to receive, bowing our heads to be splashed by the water, and inviting the Spirit to form us in the life of love and holiness that makes us one with the Father and the Son. To be filled is why we come knowing that this is what our God has promised and that this is what our God does. That our God is strong and loves us and fills us. Do you not say with me each week that our God's name is holy, that he is above all others? Do you not say with me and ask for the kingdom to come, for his will to be done? Do you not eagerly expect him to give you your daily bread and what you need? Do you not come to be forgiven as the weary sinners that we are, asking for strength from the vices that hold us back, trusting that our God is the one who delivers us from every prison that we find ourselves in, asking our God to deliver us regardless of how crazy this world gets. And our second text is all about this craziness. This world has so much confusion in it right now. So much anger, so much to be afraid of, so much to be uncertain of. And maybe you've thought about this before, but Mary, <laughs> man, she had some confusion, probably had some stuff to be angry about, something to be afraid of, and there was probably a lot to be uncertain of. I'll break it down for you in case you forgot. The angel had just visited her, so she was probably confused. In fact, she even said, how can this be? I am a virgin. She may have been angry, thinking, do you have any idea, angel, what this is going to do to my engagement with Joseph, to my standing in society, to the certain death that is certainly coming my way? She probably felt a little afraid. How can she be responsible now for raising a child, especially the one that will go on to be the savior of the world? Probably a little uncertain. What will this mean for me? 
How about you? Feeling confused a little bit? Finding yourself angry? Finding yourself afraid? Struggling with uncertainty and not really sure what to do? In the midst of those things, Mary had something also, something that we do too. Mary had a promise. And that promise from God to her was enough for her. And I would ask you, is that promise that God has given to you, is that enough for you? Because she held that promise, clung to it, trusted in that promise. And then she took another step. That's where our text finds us today. She worshiped. She said, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She calls back to that spirit of thankfulness that we talked about in Ephesians. She took her confusion, her anger, her uncertainty and directed it into praise to God. The God who sees us, knows us, and loves us. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, she said, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Friends in Jesus, do we not share that same blessing? Cannot each one of us speak to the things that God has done for us? I challenge you to find one here today who is beyond the mercy of our God, whose sin here is too much and could never be forgiven because you will not find it. We have received grace upon grace already given, each one of us blessed, chosen, and called by name, made children of God, a God who has promised to be faithful generation to generation has performed mighty deeds with his arm, has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thought, has brought down rulers from their thrones, lifted up the humble, has filled the hungry with good things, and sent the rich away empty. Here Mary speaks and shows us the futility of trusting in ourselves, of trusting in some political power or trusting in riches. Mary's trust was in God alone. so too must ours. For he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary understood the history of her people, the legacy, a history that confirms God's faithfulness and God's unconditional love. For she was part of a people who, like us, though constantly sinning and making mistakes, came back to worship God. A people who must worship. And you better believe that Mary didn't stop there at worshiping God only. She took that next step of love. Because love and worship always go together. The heart of worship is love for God. And the heart of service comes from love from God to others. 
So we may live in a world that is confused. We may be angry and we may sometimes be afraid. And though there is much that is uncertain, I am certain. We are certain of the promise that was given to each one of us. And so we will worship. And we will love. We will worship. And we will love. Amen?